0: The Chateau Versailles, a must-see, an incredible part of French history. But what's it all about? I took to the streets to find out just what people know. Um. 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 It's a landmark in France. Um. It was built by King Louis the, Louis the Eighth. King Louis the Fifteenth. There's stuff inside that's famous. Well, they have some of the information, but not all of it. So what's Versailles all about? Here's a 40-second summary. The Chateau of Versailles is a magnificent palace about 12 miles outside of Paris. Originally a small hunting lodge, Louis XIV, known as the Sun King, spent a fortune turning it into one of the most beautiful and opulent palaces in Europe and surrounding it with incredible gardens. For over a hundred years, it was home to the Bourbon Kings, Known for its lavish parties and strict rules of etiquette, the Sun King kept a close hold on power by moving the parliament and nobles there in 1682. Three kings, Louis XIV, Fifteenth, XV, and Sixteenth, and one queen, Marie Antoinette, famously lived at Versailles before the French Revolution in 1789 changed everything. So now you have an idea. Let's look at it in a bit more detail. Louis XIV, also known as the Sun King or Louis the Great, Famous for having said, L'état, c'est moi. In other words, the state is me, a modest sort of person. He built Versailles and you'd recognize him with his big wig and high heels. Louis was the ultimate king, charming, powerful and audacious. What Louis wanted, he got. His sun symbol was a wise choice as a whole court orbited around him and his desires. He chose the sun as his symbol because he believed it stood for fairness as it shone its light equally over the whole world, but it was also a symbol of authority as it dominated the other heavenly bodies. He wanted everything he did to be magnificent, and nowhere was this more evident than at Versailles. It didn't matter to him that this swampy location was not at all suitable to such a huge building project. Nature, like people, bent to his will. But why build such a huge palace? Well, he did this for both personal and political reasons. As a boy, he'd spent many happy times there hunting and partying. But he was also trying to create the first modern, centralized government by moving all the decision makers, the king, the ministers, and the clerks under one roof. In a time before email, this made communication much more easy and efficient. But Louis intended to control as much as possible himself. He'd never forgotten how civil unrest in his youth had threatened his power by building Versailles, Louis had essentially created a beautiful gilded cage and trapped the whole of the troublesome nobility inside. Never again would they defy him. Louis kept all these people busy with an endless choreography of rituals and etiquette. He made it clear that he expected all the important people to court him on a more or less permanent basis, making it very hard for them to get up to no good or plot together. He encouraged them to impoverish themselves through lavish spending on clothes, gambling and carriages, and to rely on royal handouts and thus on him. Overall, Louis was a remarkable man. He had an insatiable appetite for food, women and war, but not, it would seem, for saving money. After ruling for an incredible 72 years, his war and building projects left France in massive debt. Want to find out more about Louis XIV? Before going, look up the famous painting by Rigaud. You'll see Louis in his coronation robes. The painter was faced with a challenge. Paint an old king, but still make him look strong. He manages to do this. He shows his age, but he looks very stately and important. Notice his nice legs. He was very proud of these, as he was a good dancer. You'll also see his famous big wig that he popularized. Not only did it make him look taller, but it hid the fact that he was balding and he never took off his wig in public. You'll also notice his shoes. There is a small heel. Despite being a great man, he was not a tall man, so this gave him an extra boost. You might also notice that the heel is red. This was the fashion at Versailles, and everyone had to have red-heeled shoes. When you do go to Versailles, look out for this picture hanging in the Apollo room. His portrait, like him, had to be shown respect, and you were not allowed to turn your back on it. Now on to the next king. Are you ready? Louis the 15th also known as the Bien-aimé, famous for having said Après moi, le déluge. after me, the flood. If you would seen him in the château, he may very well have had a lady on both arms. Louis XV was Louis XIV's great-grandson. The crown skipped two generations because Louis XIV ruled for so long and Louis XV's parents and grandparents died from smallpox when he was just two years old. He became king at five years old, just like his great-grandfather but that is where the similarities end. The Sun King had left some pretty big boots to fill, or should I say high heels, and some pretty hefty debts to be paid, about $244 billion in today's money. Louis tried to live up to the great man by being just like him. Sadly, he didn't have the acumen or charisma to carry it off. The Sun King's dying words of advice to his great-grandson were, I have loved war too much. Unfortunately, Louis didn't take his advice and went on to squander yet more money France couldn't really afford on war and of course on keeping the party at Versailles going. Although he started life off as the bien aimé, the well-liked, by his death, he was not much liked at all. The French people had fallen out of love with him. He was a bad king and a bad man. They saw him as debauched and morally corrupt. He was infamous for having many mistresses, dozens of illegitimate children, public opinion of him was especially low towards the end of his life, when he fell for the famous Madame du Barry, who was described as being as beautiful as an angel, but as stupid as a basket. This shocked the whole of Versailles, as she was thought of as hardly more than a common prostitute. He died, not that people seemed to care much, from a disfiguring strain of smallpox that turned his face a coppery colour people thought it was a fitting end, an outward and very visible sign of inward damnation, moral corruption, and degeneration. His famous saying, après moi le déluge, after me the flood, implies that he realized that things were falling apart, but he didn't really care. The French Revolution began in 1789, a mere 15 years after his death. Listen up carefully, here comes the last king. Louis XVI was known as a weak and indecisive king, he is famously meant to have written in his diary, aujourd'hui, rien. If you'd seen him walking around the chateau, you'd have noticed an awkward and chubby man. Louis XVI was the last king to rule in Versailles. He inherited a state on the brink of collapse. The common people were being taxed to the hilt, while the rich nobles paid virtually nothing. France was in desperate need of reform, but Louis XVI was no sun king and could not bend the nobles to his will or impose reforms. He hired and fired three finance ministers, who all came to the same startling conclusion. France needs money, so tax the rich. Needless to say, the rich didn't want to give up their privileges. Living far, far away from the poverty and misery of everyday people, they were happy to continue partying and spending money in Versailles, and refused to believe that life would ever change. An average family in France at this time spent three quarters of their budget on bread alone, And when the harvest failed again and bread prices soared, so did people's tempers. A mob stormed the Bastille prison on the 14th of July, 1789. It's become the symbol of the beginning of the French Revolution, and that day is still celebrated today. But what did Louis write in his diary? Aujourd'hui, rien. Today, nothing. He was unaware of the massive change happening. Three months later, in October, the people marched to Versailles, took the royal family prisoner and later executed them by guillotine at the Place de la Concorde. Versailles and the monarchy were over. Vive la République, but for how long? Look for the picture of him by Calais. Like Louis XIV, he's dressed in his coronation robes. This picture also hangs in the Apollo room at Versailles. He was a tall man and does not wear a wig or high heels like the Sun King, but neither does he have the steely, statesman-like look of his great-great-grandfather. Now for the most famous queen. Marie Antoinette, also known as the Austrian, famous for having said, Qu'il mange de la brioche! Let them eat cake. You'd recognise her in the chateau by her big hair, known as the poof. Marie Antoinette was Louis XVI's wife, and has gone down in history for being an empty headed shopaholic who bought thousands of new dresses and fine jewels while the people of France starved. It said that when she was confronted with the conundrum of her people having no bread to eat, she retorted, let them eat cake, probably before skipping off to her little hamlet to play dress-up. She became a hated symbol of the excess of the French monarchy and was treated very cruelly during the revolution in the lead-up to her execution. They called her Madame Déficit, but it was not only Marie Antoinette's dress budget that had eaten up France's finances. Louis XVI spent a huge amount helping America fight the English during their War of Independence. The French had never much liked the English, and he was happy to lend a hand. Marie Antoinette was ultimately guillotined nine months after her husband. Want to know more about Marie Antoinette? Try watching Sofia Coppola's film. Not always historically accurate, but was filmed at Versailles, and she does give you an insight to some of the more bizarre traditions and rituals. Today, when we think of Versailles, we still think primarily of one man, Louis XIV, the Sun King. Versailles was his vision and is an example of what absolute monarchy and incredible ego are capable of creating.